Yeah, today's Davi Daf Chavet, and um, the Mishnah was discussing certain uh, and we said those things depend on what your machshava is, is whether it's considered etzim, whether it's wood, so it doesn't have kedusha or whether it has kedusha shvitz, whether it's ochlem. So what this Mishnah discusses is what if someone co- collects it when he picked it from the trees for one purpose, but the, and the person who's buying it off him is buying it for another purpose. The question is, will the money have kedusha shvitz? So the Gemara says, Tani So what happened is the mocher, when he picked from the tree, he picked it for food. And the person who purchased it decided, look, I need this for firewood. We say, which means, is since at the time when he picked it, it was, uh, the machshava was for food. Therefore, it's already, so therefore, it's not the capacity of the mocher, if he wants to use it for another purpose, to re- remove the shvirs from it. Okay. Um, well, I'll just read behind to make it clear. It says, which means is that you can't treat it like wood. Why? Because since at the time when the mocher picked it, he wanted it for food. Just because you want to use it for another purpose, you can't remove the kdushet from it. What of the next case? Once again, which is once again, what happens is the mocher picked it up for, or collected it for food. So once again, immediately it's chal So this case should be even more partial because when he bought it, the person who bought it also wanted ochlim. And then, then he decides later on, you don't actually want to use it for food. It's way too late by this stage, even worse than the previous case. So clearly it has kushashvies. The question is as follows. So the mocher picked it up for wood. And then what? And the person wanted it for food. And then he switched his mind and wanted to do it. Now, what this mission is, what the Gemara is talking about now is where there was a, not at the time of the Mechira, but during the time of the Mechira. Because as we know, in a time of business transaction, you can either, there's Ma'ot, the Kesef, and there's also, meaning the money, and there's also the Meshicha, pulling it in, meaning taking towards you. So the Gemara says, okay, what's the, what's, what's the, in other words, it seems to be at the earliest stage, the person who's purchasing it wanted, he changed his mind and said, look, I, sorry, he said wanted it for food, despite the fact it didn't have Krishna Shvies when the guy picked it, because the person who picked it wanted it for wood. And then he changed his mind at a later stage of the transaction to say, I actually want this for wood. Does that earlier pre-thought, if you like, in the beginning of the transaction, impact it? So if the Gemara asks, what are we talking about? If when he gave the money over here, the, the, the purchaser wanted for food, and then when he did Meshicha, when he pulled it towards himself, he says, actually, I actually want it for wood, just like you picked it for. Then we say, then they ate him that Now, why? Because the assumption that the Gemara is, is when does the transaction chal? The transaction is chal, the assumption is, at the time of Meshicha. So therefore, when he handed over the money, it's irrelevant what his machshava was at the time, because the, 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 um, the transaction wasn't chal at that point. All he did is gave over the money. The transaction only chal only takes hold when he has Meshicha. So therefore, since at the time of Meshicha, he wanted for Eitzim, that thought in between, that pre-thought, if you like, at the earliest stage is irrelevant. So therefore, it's the me Eitzim. So what you have is Eitzim and the money that was handed over also has, doesn't have Kedusha Tshvit either. Because importantly, as we mentioned, if one buys and sells, something has Kedusha Tshvit, then what? Then the money adopts the kruchet also has kruchet shviyot, and you have to use that to buy food and treat it with proper kavod and proper kruchet shviyot. 
Now, one extra point I should mention, we're talking about buying and selling shvit. Now, it should be obvious that we're talking about it in a context where it's permissible to do so. For example, someone collected a bit too much and then he sells it, something like that. Okay. So, so in other words, the Gemara says, okay, if it was money and then Mashiach, well, the early stage money, the Kenya is not Chal. So obviously it's Meyitzim. And if you want to say, if you want to say that it was like this, this case in the chart, where Mashiach was done and the time of Mashiach, he had Machshava, the, the person who's purchasing it says, look, I want it for food. And then he changed his mind. And actually when he handed over the money, he says, actually, no, I think I'll use it for wood. Then it's too late because why? The time of Mashiach is when the Kinyan happened. And when the Kinyan is Chal, the, the person who bought it wanted it for food. And therefore, it has Kedushashvis. It's a bit like if he tries to change his mind when the money's done, it's a bit like changing his mind in this case when it's much later down the track. It's too late. It already has Kedushashvis. So Gemara says, what's even your question? I don't understand the question. So the Gemara says, actually, this one is a question. This, this uh, diagram number three. Why is it the question? We gave the money over first, had a machshava for ochel, and then gave, and then when he pulled it towards him, he, he, he went back and said, actually, one of the wood. And that leads, leads us to a machlok at Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi and Lakish, the Tafluta to Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Lakish. Why? Aldat Rabbi Yochanan do Amar, according to Rabbi Yochanan, that says, take out the word Ain, but Ma'ot Konim, Devar Torah, according to Rabbi Yochanan, who says Ma'ot Konot, then what? Do Ochlin Natanot. Then the Kenyan is Chal over here. So when he handed over the money, and since his machshava was for food, then it's that Kedushashvi is Chal at that point. And the money is Kedushashvi, he now gives over to the owner. However, al Dr. Rabbi Shimon Menlaki, it says, Ma'ot konot devar, so ain Ma'ot konot devar Torah. Again, you have to change the gears a little bit. According to Rabbi it says the opposite, that in a Torah only Meshich is konot, then it's like we assumed in the beginning. Then Demei Eitzim Natan, then he's given over Demei Eitzim. Why? Because ma'ot konot, the, the, the ma'ot's not konot, the handing of the money is insignificant. So if his machshav at that point is not important, all that's important is the time where he does the kinyan, make, make, when the kinyan's chal, and that's a mashicha. And since the machshav was for eitzim, for wood, therefore it doesn't have kdushashvit. Okay? Now what happens, the following case. What happens at the time of the transaction? Where the mocher says, look, I want it for wood. So the mocher says, I'm selling it to you for wood. And Lokach says, no, 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 I'm selling it for food. I want to purchase it for food. Now, the question is, why? what does it matter to the mocher? It absolutely matters to the mocher, because if it's sold as food, the money he receives is to shishvis. So he's being adamant. He says, no, I only want to sell it to you in the context of wood. I don't want my money at shishvis. So they're both stuck to their guns and then walked there, parted from each other. And then what happened is they came back together and said, okay, fine. And they did the transaction. The question is, what's the status of the money? They're both very adamant. And then they did the Mechira Stam. So the Gemara says, So he says, well, we can apply a principle we learn elsewhere. And that is, well, it really depends. Um, in other words, uh, I'll read you Reb Chaim because it's another bright. Yevah Kahada, Mimsa Haidina Kahada, bright. Shishanin, it's another bright we learn elsewhere. Shevetchil lo hitratzel lo keach litin damim mechira chefetz ketviat amocher. Where initially in an old business transaction, the lokeach didn't want to do what the mocher wanted, and they're both adamant one another. Chazur vasuat amechach stam. In the end, they came back together and just said, "Okay, let's close the deal." They shake hands, sign the contract. The lokeach amor, and the lokeach says, "No, I only continued based on the assumption I made in the min in the beginning." 
את המקח שאתן לך אדם עם, כמו שאמרתי בתחילה, נמוכר says no. I thought I was sticking to my guns. So the question is, what in the case of Mekach or Memkar, if they end up coming back together stum, despite the fact they held their positions adamantly in the beginning, what do we do? So again, in that case, it depends who approached who first. So in that case, if the Loche Lokeach said okay and comes to the Mocher, then it's under the Mocher, the Mocher's term, the seller's terms. And if the Mocher comes back to the seller and calls him up and says, okay, fine, let's just do the deal, then it's under the Lokeach's terms. So, so to here, we can apply the same principle Mekach Memkar for this, whether this Sia uh, Ezov has this Kedusha Depends who came back. If the Lokeach came back and said, okay, I'll just buy it, then it's, has, it's considered like Eitzim, Demei Eitzim. If the Mocher says, okay, fine, just come on, on just, let's just sell it, then it, it, then it has, then it has Kedusha Shvis because it goes under the Lokeach's terms. Okay, next Mishnah. Halacha Bet. Shvid nitna l'achila shtia l'sicha. When it comes to something as Kedusha Shvis, you can eat it, you can drink it, and you can even rub it on your skin as well. You can only consume something that's meant for eating and rub things on the skins that are meant for that purpose. Because again, as we said, you run, otherwise you run into the problems of wasting something as Kedushashvis. So therefore, you're not allowed to what? Rub wine and wine and vinegar on your skin because that's something that's not, that's not some prime usage. Aval, what you can do is you can rub oil. Also, we find we find the same three uses as well. However, Kalmem Shvid, Shvid is more makel when it comes to Trumel. Why? Because you're allowed to what use Kedusha Shvid for lighting candles. And that's what we learned previously. Um, uh, this is on in the, in the, Perik, in the seventh, seventh, previous Perik, first Mishnah. It says, Yalefla, we learned, read Rasrila, Midachtiv, Tiyeh, Kolt, Votalechol. In other words, because of the ex ribu of Tihyeh, we understand you've got this ribu, you can use it for all manners of purpose. Tihtiv, we signed by Esh. It says, Ve'esh Tihyeh, Le'ayla, Bo. Again, there's a Zereshava there that we have more expanded uh, permissible uses for Kedusha Shvir than by Truma. Okay, there's a lot to talk around this Mishnah, but let's leave the Gemara to let the Gemara do it for us. Let's continue. What does it mean to eat something meant for eating? So this is important. It says, Let's say a bread is spoiling. We don't say you're to eat it because that's not that Kedusha Shvir. Those are the psalm that you say cut off from the edge of the vegetables and the like. Or a cooked food that's that's now spoiled somewhat. What's interesting, I looked at some of the Derechamuna, and he says is that even if it's been sometimes food that's left overnight, some people are a bit mufunakim uh, that they're um, that they uh, they don't they won't eat it the next day. That would already you know such a person would say you're not mechuyev to eat it. That food that's already considered nitkalkelt somewhat. But interesting here anyway, what it means is, Rabbi um, says. When it says Pacha Ifsha, it says, what you do is you just wait you wait till it completely spoils, you can just leave it to spoil. Which is interesting, which what that means is if you've got good food, you're not to have anything wasted, right? If it's good food, that's what it sounds like. But if it's, as soon as it's spoiled somewhat, then you're not to eat it in its spoiled some spoiled state. You can just leave it to spoil completely. Let's continue. This is another means of not eating in the right way. Let's say someone wants to eat beets chayin raw, or lechus chitin chayot, or eat say um, just uh, wheat kernels. We say that's considered wasting to shishvis. That's not dark ochin dakol So therefore, in shomim we don't listen to him. In other words, since beets are normally eaten cooked, or bread is usually so wheat is usually turned into bread. That's the wheat. That's the that's the use that one should um, use for these products to give it to give it the, to treat it with proper kedusha. Okay, 
When it comes to drinking, it says, Now, what is this referred to? The Rosh Tzirula quotes Gemara in Brachot that describes these two things. Anigron is made of silka. Made of silka is um, waters, from the, waters left over from cooking beets. And Aksigron is um, water that's left over from cooking um, any manners of vegetables. Now, what it sounds like, you're not going to drink that. What's interesting, though, is Reb Chaim explains it slightly different. He says, Perush, If you have oil that's already gone a bit spoiled somewhat, it's not really No, you don't have to fix it, metaken it, and use this anigron or this axigron in order to make it drinkable. In other words, it's since it's not in a really drinkable state, you're not mechuyev to fix it in some sort of way by mixing in these liquids in order to drink it. Okay, isn't it, and he mentioned in Brochus as medicines, and Nigron, isn't that a, a throat medicine or a Michel Shea medicine for your stomach? Um, I can't remember. I think so, but I can't remember. Okay. Seem to remember that. I don't know. Okay, very good. Um, but the, but again, but uh, that's why it's, that, that's why, that's why maybe that's why Rabbi Chaim explains it the way he does. Meaning, if this is considered a proper, like a proper food or a medicine or things like yeah, that, yeah, you, you you don't have to drink it. You might spit it out after you gargled with it. Now, gargle we'll get to in a moment. If it has krusha shvius, you can you're not allowed to gargle. We'll get, oh, we're about okay. to say that. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, um, but here that's where Abraham says you don't have to take these things to mix it in with oil to make that oil edible. That's why he explains the sugya. It might be because of the way you explained it. All right, let's continue. Also, yain b'shmarim, you don't have to drink the wine along with its the sediment. You can just drink the wine and leave the shmarim at the base. You're not allowed to see, if someone's got a sore tooth, you're not allowed to effectively swish around chomets in your mouth and spit it out because that's considered wasting it. Meaning, we're talking about chomets vinegar that has krishish face. But what you can put in your mouth, swish it around and then, and then swallow it. Or dip it in food and eat it that way. This, this sort of echoes the discussion in, um, in Shabbos as well regarding um, medicine, medicinal things. But let's continue. If someone has a sore throat, you shouldn't gargle oil in your mouth and, and then just spit it out because then it's, it's, it's wasting oil. Um, uh, what's interesting here, it's actually, he says, uh, again, it's, sorry, it's to spit it out. What you can do is mix it with this water that's been used for, the, the water that's left over from cooking beets and swallow it that way, um, because then again, that makes it uh, edible to do so. Because the oil on its own wouldn't be uh, drinkable. Let's continue. Let's say someone's got a sore head, or he's got some um, little uh, blisters or the like, or sores, I should say, probably on his head. You can use oil. Once again, rubbing oil on the skin is a permissible use for oil that is but not oil, uh, not wine and chomets. So let's continue. This is an important one. What this means is as follows. is when you sort of add all these little mine besamim, and that's to give it nice, nice fragrance. The problem with that is why can't you do that? Is because some of the oil will end up getting absorbed in those besamim. And when you remove it out, it's basically just effectively destroying somewhat some of the oil. Right, so that's considered wasting oil, even though the end product is in, the, the remaining oil is improved due to the soaking of these the basamim. You cannot do that. However, what you can do, lokeach shemen arev, on bishvit, you should say, 
Ve'enu choshesh. What you can do, you can buy, purchase shemen arev. Reb Chaim says here, with the meishvi, with money extra shvi, and it's not a problem. In other words, despite the fact you're using money of shmita money, and you're purchasing um, this this uh, shemen arev, which gives it all to shvi'it. It's not considered a wasting anymore because all this, it's first, it's already fully prepared, and any bits are left over are considered already a nifsad ne'alav type of thing. It's already already lost. Um, Let's continue. He thought you can even purchase this oil from someone who's chashud on No, this is only if you don't know if the person is chashud on shvit or not. If you know this person's chashud on what, using Krushashvis in this manner, and, um, and then we say that it is would be Asur, because why? Okay, now the question is, can you add spices and the like to wine of Schmidt? So the Gemara says, you can learn from this, it seems to be what? Since in the Mishnah we said that you're allowed to use it for Hadlakataner, Hada Amra Shuhud Mutar. Now, what's a limud from Hadlakataner? So I'll read you Rab Chaim. He says, Because if you say that you're allowed to mefatim wine of Shmit, Matsinu what? That Masa Shani is kal from Shmita stuff. Why? Because you're allowed to mefatim wine of Masa Shani. And we've said, in our, as, as Kedatanam, as we said in, in, in Masa Shani, it must be that even on Shemitah you're allowed to do so. So just to explain, our Mishnah said quite clearly that Shvit is more makil than Truma and, and, and Master Shani because you can use Hadlakataner. The assumption is it's fully more makil. So since we find in Master Shani that you can use, you can mafatim at the wine, so therefore if Shvit is more makil, then clearly you're allowed to mafatim wine. So one second, one second, but it says, Vahatani it's Asur. We've got something that contradicts it. Now, what's a machlok of Yehuda and Chachamim? Once again, the Rishonim is very concise. We have to appreciate this machlok in Masech the Truma. The question is, can you mevashel wine of Truma? That is. Now, the machlok there is is on the one hand by boiling it up and cooking it up, it might be that you're reducing its volume, so you're kind of wasting it to an extent. However, Rabbi Yehuda says since you're improving it according to Rabbi Yehuda, then it's okay. That's a machlok. So our mission must be exactly the same thing. When you mafatem wine, some of it's going to get absorbed in the spices and like and be wasted. So the shita that says asu must be, must be like hachamim imsech the truma. The shita in the Rebbe Yehuda, however, must be the author of our Mishnah. That's the shita that says it's muta. Why? Because just as there, despite the fact something's being wasted, the end product is being improved, so too, like by truma, so too, when it comes to mafatem yain, the, the spicing up these wines on shmita would be also okay. Okay, let's continue. We find because you can use it to light candles. So Gemara says, but truma But one second, I thought truma, shemen of truma, you can use to light fires or to, to fuel candles. So Gemara says, well, let's slow down. It says truma You're right. There is a concept of shemen sreifa. That's truma oil that became tame. Yes, that can be used to kindle fires. However, shvid is much more makil because in and of its tahor, you can use it to light, uh, to fill your lamps. Let's continue. Rabbi Chia um, al Masri, he went to, to, to a bathhouse. Yav tzluchita lezosimi udaita. So what did he do? He gave it to, he gave, he, when he went to the bathhouse, he gave him his tzluchit of oil, this flask of oil, 
to warm it up. The Zosita is, that's the name of the person. And he wanted him to warm it up. Okay. Uh, it's a guy who's standing selling spices outside the bathhouse. So what it sounds like. So sorry, he give it to him Odita. Sorry. Then he says, Can you please put it in the oven to heat it up for me? Okay, because he wants he wanted to rub it on his body. Okay, um, how, because again, once the viscosity changes of oil, once it's warmed up, so it'll be easier to rub on my body. So the Zosima said to him, late Asur isn't an Asur to do so. So then what happens? Atal, he went. So there's a discussion, difference between Moshe and Marafulda, exactly who went where and what. But let's, let's find out Marafulda. He says, Rachistia went to ask Yerubi Yermia. Amarle, Atta, and what happened? And Atta the Amarle, he came back and said to him, what? Limadatenu. So according to Ramaphul, this says, Reb went back to the Zosima Odita and said to him, You taught me something. Meaning, Ari Reb Chaimim Chalamadatani. That what? Ho ilva amar tali. Since you told me, Asuyadekach, Natati el libi shu asur. Then I recognize you're right, it's asur. And indeed, Vetanich, and it's a brighter as well. Now, the fact that it's Asur is not for the reason you'd expect. It says, Now, what's the issue? The issue is that because it's not covered to rub it on your body in a place, in a bathroom, in a place where everyone's naked. Because Mipnei, Reb Chaim says, Kodesh, sorry, Kadosh Bizayon Kochim, who the Asur. So, in other words, you reminded me this also not necessarily because of Kedushas in like in terms of usage, but you're not treating with the proper respect to rub this oil in a place where everyone's naked all over your body. Okay? So, the Gemara says, and this continues the brighter, Velo Shem and Sreifa, now here's an interesting, Also, it seems you can't use them Sreifa. Now, the Gerasa we have in front of us is Bate Knesiot or Bate Midrashot, because Bizion Kodshim. The Reb Chaim finds that very difficult because there's a Mephorish mission that says you're allowed to use Shem and Sreifa, specifically in shuls and Batei Midrash. So he has a fa- fascinating take. He, he quotes the Hagot um, uh, Deret, uh, I'm not sure what the Rashi Tevot stands for, Aleph Dad Reish Taf. Katav what? Duhu Ta'ut. It's a mistake in the Matik. Shira Katuv Benotrikon. He saw that he saw Rashi Tevot here, which is Bet Bet Chaf or Bet Bet Mem. So he thought, Patamadato should the Kavana is Babate Knesiot or Babate Midrashot. However, that's what he thought. That's why the Gibson in front of us is Beit Midrash. However, what should it have been? Ava Kavana, what's Beit Beit Chaf? The Bate Kisaot. And what's Beit Beit Mem? Babate Merchatsaot, which is bathhouses and toilets. Just like a Shemsha Asur, just like it is in Shvid. And that's that's how his Miyash of the Sugi to make it make sense with the Mishnah. Okay, I thought it was really interesting. The problems with copying from Taviyads and things like that again surfaces once again. Let's continue. Ein mochrim perot shvit, lo b'midah v'lomishka v'lobinyan. You're not allowed to sell perot shvit, again, that you've collected in a permissible manner. So you're allowed to sell, for example, leftovers and the like. Not in a normal way. By weight, by weight, in other words, by uh, by measure, by by weight, or by number. Similarly, even though Tainim are not normally sold in Minyan, you still can't sell in a Minyan, meaning by number, and not vegetables in a Mishka by weight, even though just that doesn't seem like they're normally sold that way. You can't even sell them bundled. 
Uh, or Beit Hillel says no. Beit Hillel says no. Meaning there are certain products that you would bundle even in your house, not in the context of a, uh, trying to sell. For example, Kukon, Kreshin, Venetza, Chalav, these would be examples of that. Let's continue. Kreshin, Malik, Venetza, Chalav is that milkweed we said before. Now, the question is, why are we limited in the way we sell it in terms of the way, uh, in terms of law of Midah, Mishkav, Minyam? So that's Kedeshim, Kareno, Kurubazol. That's in order that it would be sold at a cheaper value. Okay. So we said, Vishko, Belitra, let you weigh it out and then force everyone, Vim, Kurubazol, and let everyone. Um, then tell everyone to uh, sell it under cheaper value. Enforce it, put market, fix the prices, whatever it is. So Im Amarat Ken, he says, if you say we allow him to still weigh it in normal fashion, meaning it's not just a matter of that the, it'll be sold at a cheaper value. The fact that he has to, I mean, if he wants to sell these things, he does it with a shinui, meaning I'm not allowed to sell the Midamishkalmi. And that reminds him that these things have to the entire journey. And that way, he won't be—he uh, won't violate the uh, the sanctity of the of the shmita produce. Let's continue. What if you import food? You also cannot sell it in the normal fashion of weight, measure, or number. Um, you treat them like normal produce in Eretz Israel. However, if it's recognizable that these foods are only found in chutz la'aretz, then it'd be mutar. This is a type of vegetable, the Reb Chaim says. It's a, sorry, it's a type of fruit, I should say. That was imported from Susitavaria. That what? So he would sell, that, that, that was brought in from them. Um, and it was, I'll read Reb Chaim, he says, Everyone knew it was Meaning, those who sell by baskets. Now, you might think that's not a middle, but if you've used it for two or three times, after a while, they, the, the, the mocher gets to know exactly how much a basket full is worth. And therefore, he says you wouldn't be able to use that basket because that would be considered as if you're uh, it's a, a selling the middle. Okay, let's continue. Amrab Oshaya, Asu Meima Avad Etzbaacha. And there's different explanations of what this is referring to. It's a, 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 the, a, a, the broad explanation here, but Mahang Samafarshim, is you're not allowed to say, sell it, me, sell it to me by finger. Because a finger amount is either literally this sporal export, that's why, um, that's why, that's why Mahfoud explains it, but other Mahfarshim explained, like it says, it sounds like a, by the middle, like the length of a finger or what it is. Because again, that would, by, Reb Chaim says it's by tabach. We'll get to a tabach in a moment. Um, because that again is a, almost like a recognizable measure for these people that sell in this way. So it's just as good as using measuring tape. Let's continue. Tabach Kohen, Shnitnalo Bechor. What if you've got a butcher who's a Kohen and he has a Bechor? Okay. Now, when it was given to him as a Bechor Balmum, so he's allowed to sell it, correct? Now, the question is now, but he's not allowed, he's allowed to sell because of the Krusha Bechor, he's not allowed to sell it a bit of Mishkal Minyan. Okay. And he also cannot sell it in the marketplace because, again, all the benefits for him was something we we'll learn that uh, we won't learn. Sorry, we won't learn Rishalmi. But this is that, that unlike other kochim that have a mum, since the benefit is only coming going to come to him, he has to be. You have to treat it with the kedusha, is bechor. So the question is, if it's a tabach, is a butcher himself, and he pretty much knows measures. Can he what? Can he chop them up in the standard cuts, and he knows these cuts very well and sell it in the marketplace? Now the Gemara says, Rabbi Yirma Saber Meima. Rabbi Yirma says, Shai thought it's mutar. I mean, how does Shadakul go by bait or take not to bashuk? He says the fact that we see 
that those things that are normally bound, meaning vegetables that people would bind at home that can bind and sell in the marketplace, that seems to suggest that since people chop up the meat at home, then he can chop it up in that way and then sell his uh, sell his sell the meat. Despite the fact he's a butcher and he knows exactly what the cuts are in terms of the, the measure and, and value. So it says Amar of Manor and says, no, you've your proof has just worked against you. He says, you've just proved, in other words, people in general, when they're cutting up meat in the house, they don't cut it like butcher cuts. Mashmawat, they're not only is he not allowed to sell it, not to sell it in those cuts, but at home he wouldn't be able to cut in that way either. Right, fine. Let's continue. This is now Halacha Dalit. Haomer Lapol Helach. Now this is a this, this leads us to a very interesting discussion in this mission. Let's continue. Haomer Lapol Helach Isar Zeh Belakotli Yerek Hayol Scharamutar. Let's say he goes to work and says, "Here's some money. I'd like you to go and buy and go, go and pick for me, not buy. Pick for me some vegetables." Now the question is, if it's a shal, as a shaliach, then all he's doing is paying him for his effort, so the money would be okay. So that's how it's understood. If he says, "Here's some money and go pick for me," then it's mutar. If he says laket li bo, with this money collected for me, the yerek hayom, then it's charo asur because that language is understood as being a lashon of mekach memkar, and it's as if you're buying it from him. So therefore, the money the person receives is would have kedusha shvis. Now you might think, one second, this is a this is very subtle. No, what's it, it says? Hamalapoel helach isa. In other words, the, the first case he says. Helach isar zeh, but is okay. But if it's a lekat li boyerek, it's not okay. We'll have to see the Gemara in a moment. Let's continue. That's he, he buys a loaf for a punyon. And he says, but he says, Keshele yerakot sadeh avilach mutar. But if he says at the time of the transaction, here, take some bread and I'll give you as a matana some yerakot when I go and, when I go and pick some from the, pick some from the, from the half trushashvis, we say that it's mutar. That it's not considered as if he's paying off a debt with Schmitter produce. It's almost like you give me this as a gift, I'll give you that as a gift. Okay. However, if he buys some bread from the baker's stum, then then he can't later on and pay off the debt with the Meshvit. Why? Because you're not allowed to pay off debts with Kedusha Shvit. Okay. Because if he bought it for him, now owes him money, that's effectively a debt. And you're not allowed to pay debt. So that's the difference. So the first case, I just read Chaim when it's Mutaz, Perish, Similarly, when you get, take some bread and says, Look, I'll get you some vegetables, that's not getting a schora. Why? Because in the first case, when he simply got the bread and wasn't hyped to pay him anything, from the beginning, the outset, that was a tonight. There will be a tomorrow that exchange. Then it's not Priyad Chov. And also, interesting, it's not considered a schora. Because it's almost like giving each other gifts, which is an interesting chidosh here. That, in other words, it's not considered as if you're trading vegetables for bread. If in the outset you go to the baker, it says, I'd like some bread. And you know what? I'll go when I go tomorrow to the to, to so and so's field to pick vegetables, I'll bring it to you. It's not considered schor, it's not considered paying off a debt. But if again he owes him money, he cannot pay crush fees. Now, the Gemara is the following question. Now, I said to you, the, the difference in language in the Mishnah was very, very subtle. But one of them was okay. It was considered if you're paying the work. Another one is because you're buying off the work. So the Gemara says, okay, I don't, I don't get it. What's the difference between the two? So Rabbi Avin B'Shem, Rabbi Yossi, Ben Chinea says, shel im umhu. Shel im umhu is a very interesting uh, expression. Two ways to understand it. One is it, according to, I'll read the Rosh Cerulea, brings both. He says, This is not such a clear halacha, this one. It's a bit uh, gray. Another understanding, inami 
לשון גמגום הוא, אינת ראוי לאסר, שוטי אסור, אלא שיממו עליו, זה תחכמים really, if you like, קווצ'ט, to try and make it מוסר, תראו משום כדי חייב את הפועל. That in other words, for the benefit of the poll, that he can actually have an income during Shemitah year, they said, look, if you say it in this way, it's okay, but if you say it in that way, it's not okay. So it's a grey halacha, it seems to be. Now what the Gemara says is this is not the only grey halacha we have. We have other cases as well of, of we have this lashon of Shi'amu. Next case is as follows. He says, you know what, can you do me a favor? Take my, take my master Shani to, my money to Shalim. And then you'll take, you'll get a share of it. Why? Because it's as if you're paying him to do this labor with Mazajani, which you're allowed to do. Ella, what you can say, Ha'alum, let's take it up to your Shalim and we'll enjoy our meal together. Now, again, this is, seems to be very subtle, the differences. So once again, what difference it makes? He said, we'll divide it or we'll eat it. So Rabbi Zira B'Shem Rabbi Yonatan also said this is another case of Mi'alchot Shel Im Umhu. This is another one of these cases where it's a grey halacha and the Chachamim again had to find it. It sounds like if you understand the second avenue of, of the Rosarilio, that it had to be that Chachamim needed to find an avenue to support some of these people. So they found a, they, 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 within the terminology, they made this okay. Let's just finish it off. So Tama Tanin, it says as well, Sho'el Adam Echavero Kadei Yain Vekadei Shem Bivad Shelo Yomar Halveini. On Shabbos, someone can borrow some jugs of oil and wine, provided he doesn't say, I want to loan it from you. Because a, I'll read you Reb Chaim, he says, You're not doing loans on Shabbos. Because a loan that normally is not returned, meaning you're lending money, and what you're getting back is not the same money, people don't remember. What he's going to do, he's going to write it down on Shabbos. And we're scared if you lend someone something on Shabbos, he'll end up writing it down. Lending something, that's shahad rabbeinu that returns, is returned as it is, that's okay. So, in other words, when you borrow this oil and wine, this is an interesting case because you're borrowing, you're saying, if you're saying lend it to me or I'd like to um, borrow it, so loan it to me or borrow it to me, makes it, is, is again a, a, a linguistic difference. At the end of the day, the person's not still not getting what he what he poured back. But the kevan dehacha yain einu chozer ba'ein. Reb Chaim says, "Mali i omer balashon shalam mali shalva." What difference if he said loan or lend? At the end of the day, what's being returned is not the same thing. So why shouldn't it always be asu? Because it's effectively like a loan. So Amar Abzir once again, b'sher biyonatan me'echot shel imumhu. This is another one. It's a case of hilchot shel imum. And tomorrow we'll learn another one and see a practical application of what it means to be a hilchot shel imum. But um, that's enough today. Also have a good day, everyone.